5 or to be on the screen behind me, I believe. We're going to read this entire chapter, and then the pastor is going to come and uh, give us the word of the Lord for it. Romans chapter 5 says, Therefore, since we've been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand. And we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. Verse 3. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. For we know that they help us to develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character. Character strengthens our confidence, our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. When we were utterly helpless, Christ came just at the right time and died for us sinners. Now, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, though someone might be willing to die for a person who is especially good. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were yet sinners. And since we've been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son while, he was, while we were still his enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. When Adam sinned, sin entered the world. Adam's sin brought death, and so death spread to everyone for everyone's sin. Yes, people sinned even before the law was given. But it was not counted as sin because there was not yet any law to break. So everyone died. From the time of Adam to Moses, even those who did not disobey God's explicit commandment of God as Adam did. Now, Adam was a symbol, a representation of Christ who was yet to come. But there is a great difference between Adam's sin and God's precious gift. For the sin of this one man, Adam, brought death to many. But even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of forgiveness to many through the other man, Jesus Christ. And as a result of God's gracious gift, it's very different from the result that came from one man's sin. For Adam's sin led to condemnation. But God's free gift leads to our being made right with God, even though we are guilty of many sins. For the sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many. But even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of righteousness for all who receive it and live in triumph over sin and death through this one man, Jesus Christ. Yes, Adam's one sin brings condemnation for everyone. But Christ's one act of righteousness brings a right relationship with God and new life to everyone. Because one person disobeyed God, many became sinners. But because the other person obeyed God, many will be made righteous. Hallelujah. God's law was given so that people, so that all people could see how sinful they were. But as people sinned more and more, God's wonderful grace became more abundant. So just as sin ruled over all the people and brought them to death, 
Now God's wonderful grace rules instead, giving us right standing with God and resulting in eternal life through Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Merrill. Keep your Bibles open, your sermon notes out. We're on a Romans road trip through Paul's longest epistles, his most theological, and it answers some of the biggest questions we have in the church today, and we'll answer a controversial topic today in our message from Romans chapter 5. I hope you enjoyed Romans chapter 5. There's so much hope in there that we have freedom in Christ, that, that we are set free by what Jesus did on the cross, and we are no longer slave to Adam and his sin, and, and there's so many good things that come from that. But how did we get to chapter 5? Well, we have to begin in chapter 1 through 3, which were some of the most difficult messages to preach, because guess what? You're a sinner. I had to preach for three chapters. You are a sinner. You are evil. You are wicked. You willfully disobey God, and there's no excuse. That your debt with God keeps getting racked up higher and higher. That He's storing up His wrath. And that there will come a day where He will pour that wrath out and judge each according to their deeds. It's hard to hear, but we have to realize that we are sinners. Otherwise, grace isn't amazing. We are sinners. We are fallen. We make mistakes. We break the law. And we came to the first sign on a road trip, and it came in Romans 3.23, and it was a bright yellow sign that said, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Romans 3.10 tells us that there's no one righteous, no, not one. And so we find ourselves as sinners, but there is hope. Because at the end of chapter 3, beginning of chapter 4, Paul makes the first turn on the road. And he moves us toward the good news that there's a way out. That Jesus came and He died on a cross. He was our sacrificial atonement. He was our Redeemer, our Justifier. He is the one that made propitiation against the wrath of God. He is our sacrifice. And how do we accept Him? We looked at chapter 4 last week and we talked about faith. It's all about faith. In the New Testament... The concept, the, the, it's primary in our, in our belief system. We have to have faith. But what do we place our faith in? That's the question that we looked at last week in chapter 4. What do we put our faith in? Do we put our faith in works? Or do we put our faith in Christ and the cross? Well, we found out last week that there's, we, well, all these weeks, from chapter 1, we're not righteous You're not going to work. You're not going to get good enough. You have to put your faith in Jesus on the cross. And Paul uses the example of Abraham. Abraham wasn't righteous because he was a good guy. He wasn't. He made a lot of dumb mistakes. He was righteous because he believed in God. Because he had faith. Even in the most impossible situation, he had faith to believe. And so that's where we find Abraham. And then we talked about Nicodemus in the New Testament. Nicodemus, what a guy. Probably one of the most holy, righteous, upstanding guys of his day. And he comes to Jesus, and Jesus talked to him just as we would talk to you or me, or the worst sinner who ever lived. He said the exact same thing, unless you are born again. Nicodemus, it doesn't matter how good you are, how smart you are, what you've done and what you haven't done, it's that you need to be born again. We accept this gift from God by faith in the cross alone. That's how we have this this sacrificial atonement. We cannot earn it by good works because we are bad. Remember Romans 1 through 3. We have to come to the cross. And and so we came to that second 
road sign on our trip, the one-way sign that said faith in Christ. Faith in Christ. And so now we go to chapter 5. And Paul wants to give this to the Romans, and Jesus wants to give us the today, that, that we would appreciate the blessings that we have in God. I want you to write these blessings down that we see in Romans chapter 5. I want you to understand the great grace that we have in God. Get these inside your heart. Go to the first verse. The first blessing we have is peace with God. Peace with God. It's that peace, not that easy feeling that we have, but it's, it's, that, it's that peace, it's that shalom peace from the Old Testament. That the hostilities between God and us, they're gone. We're good with God. It's all good. And that we can have this wholeness with our relationship with God. It is the shalom with God. That's what we have. It's not just a good feeling. It's that I'm okay with God. And when I'm okay with God, it leads us to the second blessing in the verses that follow. That we stand in the grace, or we we have access to the grace in which we stand. That unmerited favor, that undeserved privilege, that I stand in a position of favor with God. I mean, that blows me away when I think of Romans 1-3 through and how sinful I am. But yet now, because I have faith in the cross, I can stand in grace with God. That I have favor with God. That I have God's blessing on my life. That is one of the blessings, one of the privileges of faith. It goes on to say that we have a reason to rejoice. Even though we can think about eternity, yes, we'll spend eternity with God, and that's great, but we have a reason to rejoice even in this life when difficulties come. Guys, if we love Jesus Christ, the world's going to hate us. It's that simple. We're going to have trials. We live in an evil world. We live in a fallen world. Bad things happen. Our our basements get flooded, and things go on, and, and... but yet God is at work in those. He's, he's, doing, he's persevering us. He's, he's building character in our life. God wants to do things in your life. If you're going through a hard time today, don't think God has abandoned you. It actually means God is with you. He's working on you. He must really be working on our family because we had the sewage back up in our house. It's, it stinks and we're working on it. But, you know, God, what are you doing? But I, I, I want to tell you today because you're probably facing some things that are a lot worse than a stinky basement. You might be facing things that are absolutely overwhelming, but I want to tell you, every time you open your Bible, Romans 8.28 is still going to be in there. That all things work together for good, for those who are called by God. And I want to tell you today, that means God's at work in your life. The Holy Spirit is in your life. You know what that means? I can rejoice. No matter what I go through, no matter what I face, I can, I can rejoice. And that's one of the blessings that we have in this faith in Christ and the cross. The next thing is we have hope. We have hope because God gives us the Holy Spirit, but we have God's love. Even though we're utterly helpless, we are undeserving. We have this hope that comes in Romans 5, 8. But God demonstrates His own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were helpless, while we were hopeless, Christ came and He loved us so much. And even when we hated God, He still loved us. And He died on the cross. That gives us hope we are saved from God's wrath. That should cause the endless rejoicing in our life. Look at Romans 5.11. I really want you to get this. highlight this in your Bible. It says, so now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. That is a long way away from Romans chapter 1-3. through 
where I am sinner, when I am I have willfully disobeyed God and His wrath is going to be poured out against me and there is a big problem between me and God. And then we get to chapter 5 and when we have faith in the cross, you are called a friend of God. You are no longer an enemy. You are a friend. That is the blessing. If you are struggling with your Christian life, if you are discouraged, if you are down in your Christian walk, go to Romans 5 and see what we have in God. We have that peace, that shalom peace with God. We have got the hope in God. We can rejoice no matter what because God is with us. We have the grace, that favor in which we stand in the presence of the Lord and God calls us His friends. And we live His way, not our way. God has blessed us in in a lot of different ways. Our family and and from the church and the college and and different conferences and, and, and things that have happened in life. God's blessed us to, to know some people. And, and so at sporting events or concerts or conferences or different things, people say, hey, uh, come to this, mention my name, we'll get you in, and, and we'll get you wherever, and you can sit. And, and, and that's fun to go up to a, a window and just hope it works and say, so-and-so told me to come here, my name's Daryl. And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, we got this. And, and that's kind of fun. We did it, and I remember taking the boys to a Bulls game. And, um, and, uh, and, and the Hyatt was treating us, and so we were in the skybox at a Bulls game, and it was awesome and fantastic, and, and the dessert carts rolling by, and all the, it was so much fun. And I told the boys, guys, if Daddy was paying for this, we'd never, ever, ever get to do this. This is the favor of God. This is a blessing that we get. So don't think every time you come to a basketball game, because you may never go again, but, but just this is not how we live, but this is a blessing from God. Remember one time we went in somewhere and, and Matthew goes, do you know everybody? You know, it just it was kind of cute. But, but you know what? That's how we've got to live this life. We've got to live this life in the name of Christ. We've got to walk in His blessings. If you want to just kind of live your own life in your own name and do your own works, well, you will reap what you sow. But why not walk in His name? Why not walk in His favor? Why not walk in His way? Because he says, I'm giving you every blessing that you need. I'm going to be there. I'm going to give you hope. I'm going to give you the joy that you need. I'm going to call you my friend. I want to tell you today, embrace the blessings of God. Don't be discouraged in your Christian walk. Go after the blessings. In the second part of Romans chapter 5, Paul's going to dig a little bit deeper. And he's going to make a contrast between Adam and Christ. And so I'm going to put Adam under works. He's going to make a contrast between Adam and Christ. And, and this is kind of important. We need to spend a little bit of time in this here today. And Adam brings death into the world. Adam's sin, the one man's sin, brought death, the consequences of sin, being death, into this world. Look at Romans chapter 5 and verse 12. Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin, and, this is, and in, this, uh, in this way, death came to all people because all sinned. We all sin. We are all kind of guilty of our own sin. Yes, we have a sin problem from Adam. But even in Jewish teachings of the rabbi of the law is that we aren't punished and sent to hell because of what Adam did, but we are punished for our sin. And, and so with that violation that we have and, and humanity has had, the transgression that Adam first made and then followed Evil reigns in our world. Death reigns in our world. That's the world in which we live. And so through one man, Adam, sin and death enter the world, but also through one man, Jesus Christ, we see new life and justification came to this world. And now there's the possibility 
of salvation. Look at Romans chapter 5, beginning of verse 15 with me. But there is a great difference between Adam's sin and God's gracious gift. For the sin of one man, Adam, brought death to many. But look at this. But even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of forgiveness to many through the other man, Jesus Christ. Notice in this passage, it's always going to be Christ is greater than Adam, or Christ's work is greater than Adam's work. And the result of God's gracious gift, in verse 16, is a very different from the result of that one man's sin. For Adam's sin led to condemnation, but God's free gift leads to our being made right with God, even though we are guilty of many sins. For the sin of one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many, but even greater is God's wonderful grace and his, his gift of righteousness for all who will receive it and will tr- live in triumph over sin and death through this one man, Jesus Christ. So he's contrasting. One man, Adam, brought condemnation and judgment to all men. But through one man, Christ, the God-man, Jesus Christ, God's work on the cross, now grace and righteousness is available to us all. That God Himself sent Jesus, His Son, willingly. Jesus came, and He was a sacrifice. So God had a payment that needed to be paid. Jesus paid the payment. So God takes care of everything. He sets the price. He makes the payment. All we do is walk in with our faith in the cross and say, thank you, God. He's taken care of everything. That is the good news. That Jesus did it all. But then we come to a controversial verse in verse 18. And I want to read this to you and deal with something that's happening in the church today or a popular teaching in the church today. Romans chapter 5 and verse 18, it says, Yes, Adam's one sin brings condemnation for everyone. Notice the word everyone, maybe in your translation says all. But Christ's one act of righteousness brings a right relationship with God, a new life for everyone. This is a verse that is used um, in, in a philosophy inside of Christianity called universalism. Universalism. And uh, there's a recent book by Rob Bell called Love Wins where this idea of universalism was in play. Although he wouldn't call himself a universalist, it was actually something that was discussed. And I believe Rob Bell asked the right questions in the book, but I don't think he answered them very well. If you want my opinion on the book, I blogged about it quite extensively, and you can go to our website and read about that. I've read the book. I encourage you to read it, because like I said, he asks the right questions. But the problem with universalism, and let me just tell you what universalism is so that you understand. Oh, forgot the L. Sorry. Universalism. All right. But, um, yeah, universalism is the belief that everyone goes to heaven. This is Adam... Everybody went into sin. When Jesus came, everybody gets to go to heaven. But more accurately, inside of universalism is the idea that hell is non-existent, or what you make hell to be here on earth, or maybe hell is temporary, but the only thing that is eternal is heaven. So it's the belief that everybody someday will be with Christ for eternity. This is a minority view in Christianity. It dates back to the early church fathers, some of whom even believed that the devil would get saved someday. But I don't think that's going to work out. But, you know, so it, it is within that, but it's a minority view. And, and I want to talk to you about it because the good news of Jesus Christ isn't that hell doesn't exist. 
The good news is you don't have to go to hell. That's what the good news is. And if you looked at scripture, and like I said, we can't get our opinions from something that sounds good. Because to be honest with you, I'd love to be a universalist. I'm not kidding. I would love it that everybody gets to go to heaven. I would really like that. But when I study scripture, I have to base my opinion not on what feels good to me or what I'd like to see happen, but what the Bible teaches. And I believe the Bible teaches very clearly that unless you have faith in Jesus Christ, you will not go to heaven. And so I want to talk about that today, and I want to look at this verse, because this verse says that Adam brought sin to all men, and that Christ brings righteousness and new life to all men, or all women, just the, the all, the everyone idea. I want to talk to you about it, and we could go throughout all of Scripture and show that there is a heaven, there is a hell, that God will judge, and, and that we do have to be right with him. But I, instead of going throughout the Bible, I want to stay just on this verse in the context in which Paul is writing here. Because in this verse, Paul is not endorsing universalism. You can't throw away Romans 1 through 3, that we are sinners, that God is, you know, he's storing up wrath against us, that there is going to be a judgment someday. What Paul is doing in this passage of Scripture is he's comparing Adam to Christ. And so let me just take this context and show that Paul is not talking about universalism. What Paul is doing is he's making a contrast between the two that one person allowed many to enter in, okay? So the idea that one allows many to have an entrance. They kind of are the ones that open the door and people walk through. So that's what he is contrasting here, that one person opened a door and then we walk through. Adam, unfortunately, opened the door to sin and we've all walked through. Christ on the cross has opened the door to a righteous life that comes through faith, and and so many can enter through that. So that's what Paul is saying here. But but let's listen to what this this is happening here. So when we say everyone or all, I want you to think about Adam first. Everyone who is, and I want to use the word, I'm just going to highlight it up here. I'm running out of space up here. But let's use the word in. The word in, okay? So, everyone who is in Adam is sinful. Now, how do you get to be in Adam? Just being born, okay? So, if I'm in Adam, I am sinner. All, everyone who's in Adam is a sinner, okay? Now, let's take that same thing with Christ. Everyone, all who are in Christ are righteous by faith. So everyone, all in Christ, are righteous. How do you begin get in Adam? By being born. How do you get to be in Christ? It's not by being born. It's by being born again. And that's something you can't do. That's something only God can do. And so even in this passage of Scripture, Paul is not saying everyone will be saved. Both Adam and Christ committed a single act whose influence extends to all people that they represent. Adam represents all people, but people must receive the gift of righteousness to be represented by Christ. In theology, we call it federal headships. That that Adam is the federal head of the human race. That he is the head of all of us. And Christ is the head of the church, of his believers. And so they are the heads. But what you have to realize in both of these cases, Adam and Christ, they both exercised choice. 
Adam had to choose to sin. And he made the wrong choice. And we exercise that choice today. And and we make mistakes. Christ exercised the choice to go to the cross. He did not get His life taken from Him. He laid down His life. That was His choice to do. That was His love for you and me. They both exercised the choice, and the choice is yours today when it comes to Christ. You have to put your faith in Christ. Let me give you some more good news here as we bring chapter 5 to a conclusion. Paul begins to introduce the law, and he's going to do that more in the next several chapters, how the, the law kills. But when the law enters, sin abounds. We're all disobedient. We all go astray. We all are not righteous. We all, whatever concept of God, we've disobeyed that. And so we willfully disobey. We know we're sinners. But then when the law came and God wrote it down, here's what not to do, and we keep doing it, it says that sin abounded. Sin grew and grew and grew. But what's beautiful about that is that what Christ did on the cross is greater than what the law can do. So when sin abounds, grace abounds more. Sin reigns in death, but grace reigns in righteousness and eternal life through Jesus Christ. Look at uh, chapter 5, verses 20 and 21. Look at this. The law was brought in so that the trespass might increase. So sin increased. But where sin increased, grace increased all the more. So that just as sin reigned in death, so also grace might reign through righteousness to bring eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let me tell you today that when you're in Christ, grace reigns. Sin does not reign in your life. Grace reigns in your life. And I want you to get this in your heart today. I don't care what you've done. I don't care what you are doing. You may say, I am so sinful. I am so messed up. I have so much sin in my life. If you have faith in Christ, His grace is bigger than your sin. I don't care what you've done. I don't care what you're doing. His grace is bigger. Where sin abounds, if it's at the highest level, grace goes even more. God's grace will always win over your sin. That's the good news. That His grace is greater. We are right with God. Not because all of a sudden we become a good person. We're right with God because of what Jesus did on the cross. I want you to think back with me to the the very first Passover. When the angel of death is sweeping across Egypt. When the angel of death comes to a door, he does not knock on the door and open it up and look inside to see if those are good people or bad people. The only thing he looked for was the blood. It doesn't matter if you are good or bad. All that matters is the blood of Jesus Christ. And where sin abounds, grace abounds more. One drop of Jesus' blood shed on the cross, could cover more sin than you could ever imagine. See, you've got to get it in your heart that this is the good news. See, the problem is the devil comes in. You know what the devil's name actually means in the Greek? Accuser. It's a Greek legal term. He's the accuser. He's the plaintiff. And he says, you know what? You're a sinner. Look at what you do and look at what you did. And all these, he just accuses, accuses, accuses. And you, you can say when the devil accuses you, you're right. But his grace is greater than my sin. 
Where sin abounds, grace abounds more. Do not listen to what the devil says about you. Listen to what God says about you. And He says, you are My friend. My grace is greater. His work will always outweigh your sin. In the court of God's judgment, His grace will always outweigh your sin. And so you are far better off today than if Adam would not have fallen and opened that door. Because today, we aren't just God's creation. We are now His children. We are joint heirs with Jesus Christ. We walk in all of those blessings that we looked at in the first part with the peace and the hope and the grace and all those wonderful things that we walk with God. And we are called His children. We are called His friends today. Would you bow your heads and your hearts with me this morning? I want you to get a hold of this message. This is the good news. This is the blessing of God that comes only through faith in Jesus Christ. And the good news isn't that hell doesn't exist. Because it does. The Bible's very clear about that. The good news is you don't have to go to hell. Because God's grace is greater. We're all in Adam. But I just want to make sure today that we are all in Christ. That we are all in Christ that only comes from being born again. Jesus talks about it in John chapter 3. That we are sinners. We saw it in Romans. That we're, none is righteous, no, not one. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We're all in Adam. But I want to tell you today that all the demands of God's holiness were met in Christ on the cross. You do not have to clean up before you come to the cross. All of His demands were met. Today I want to make sure that you're in Christ. And I'm going to say a prayer to invite you to be born again, to become a part of His family. If you are here this morning, if you are watching online, if you're listening Would you repeat this prayer so that you can be in Christ? We confess with our mouth and believe in our heart. That comes in Romans chapter 10. But do it today. And say this prayer with me. Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. I need your forgiveness. I believe that you died for my sins. I want to turn from my sins. I now invite you to come into my heart and life. I want to trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Today, I want you to know that you are a friend of God. That when you have faith in what Jesus did on the cross, don't put any faith in your works. When you put your faith in Jesus Christ, His grace is greater. And he sees the blood of Jesus. Would you stand with me today and sing in faith and power and belief that I am a friend of God before we go this morning. Who am I that you are mindful of me? That you hear me? 
when I call. And is it true that you are thinking of me? Yeah, how you love me. It's amazing. I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. He calls me friend. Oh, I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. He calls me friend. Who am I that you are mindful of me? That you hear me when I call. And is it true that you? you but that just blows my mind that I'm a friend of God that he calls me friend that when you go in Jesus's words and read in the gospel he says I call you a friend when you read in Romans that now God calls us his friends you are a friend of God do not believe what the devil says about you believe what God says about you believe what the words in red in the Bible say about you you are a friend of God and grace abounds more grace reigns in your life not sin that great that's good news so we go this morning we're gonna give the blessing of the Lord but I want you to hold on to that blessing because that blessing is not for a chosen few people that is the blessing that God gives to his friends and that's the blessing that God gives you this morning if you gave your heart to Jesus Christ today, or you're talking to somebody about giving their heart to Jesus Christ, we have bags up here. They have a Bible and some other information about giving your life to Jesus. You can take one of those. If you're watching online and you gave your heart to the Lord, just write to the office and we'll send you one. But we want to make sure that everybody that, that made that decision will take that with them. I also encourage you to sign up in the lobby before you go for a community group picnic. You know what was really neat yesterday when our house flooded? There was nothing neat about that. But... Um, 
is that uh, when, when people came over to help, uh, the media joke was, hey, this looks like our community group picnic, because it was everybody from Des Plaines that came over and helped, and that was really neat. And, and, and so I encourage you to sign up and go to the picnic, because someday your house may flood, and um, you may need people to come. But really, honestly, we just need other people in our lives. We need other friends. We just need to get together. And so sign up for the one closest to you. Go and be a part of that. And please, on Wednesday night, just one more thing. I want to pray with you on Wednesday night at our Be Still Prayer Gathering. They're really, really good. We had one last month. We're going to have a new one this month. And so I'll meet you up in the Ignite Room at 7 p.m. for a time of prayer uh, this Wednesday night. Would you receive the blessing of the Lord as God's friend today? May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. God, I thank you for that blessing that rests upon your friends today. God, I thank you that we are no longer enemies. God, you loved us so much. You died on a cross while we were still sinners. Lord, today we put our faith in you. May your grace abound in our life. And may we walk in that new life with you. God, keep us safe and keep us strong until we can gather together again as a church and worship you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. As you go today, make sure that you sign up in the lobby. But God bless you. If you need special prayer, be down front to pray with you this morning.